Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fresh Brains Podcast. With you, as always, I'm Scott. And I'm Brian. And, uh, yeah, it's been a couple weeks since we've we've been here doing another episode, but um, I don't know. We kind of decided that based on, you know, the cadence that we had been going and just our own lives, like maybe the every other week thing was a little more um, sustainable, I guess, for, for lack of a better term. So... <laughs> That's a good term. I think that that sort of fit thing fits things. Yeah. Keep keeps from getting too burned out. Keeps from getting uh, overwhelmed or it becoming a chore. Gives just enough time that some excitement can build up. So yeah, I think it's good. And um, so yeah, we'll we'll keep this up for a little while. So you can look for us every other week. Um, but uh, we're back tonight with with a brand new episode. Uh, luckily we've kind of gone through the list recently of what I consider the essentials that I think Brian needs to see. We've filtered out things that he's already seen. And honestly, that left me with about 70 or so movies. (laughs) So, Oh, Oh, just a few. (laughs) Yeah. I think we're in good shape for a while. Uh, I forget what episode we're on now, somewhere in the mid teens. So I, I, still a good you know good batch to choose from here so um now the the other thing with with how this is working now is i've just got the list i can pick because i know that you haven't seen them and i think you're kind of under the assumption that if you haven't seen a movie you shouldn't watch it unless you check with me first uh, at least horror so that pretty much means that every night when we sit down to record an episode I don't really have to tell you what movie we're watching. Yep. And if you tell me beforehand, I frequently forget anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, it also works out pretty well because in a lot of cases, I don't necessarily decide on what movie we're going to watch until pretty much right now. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're going to like flip a coin right now or something? I, I mean, even as I was coming upstairs to start, you know, my wife was asking, well, what movie are you watching? I said, still don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out in a little bit. So kind of a gun to the head, what, what sparks or what uh, kind of triggers right, right at that moment. But um, yeah, I, I, I guess I like to live on impulse. What can I say? Oh yeah. Sounds good. So with that in mind, we are getting ready to watch drum roll, please. Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, yes. I I hope it's a yes. We've got to watch this and we didn't. And I've been had my eye on it, but I haven't looked anything up about it at all. Yeah, this will be an interesting discussion. I, I think that of of all the movies we've watched, this is one of the ones I'm most interested to hear your opinion on. And that's because probably of all the films that we have or will watch this one, or at least this director is going to be the most polarizing. Okay. So Rob Zombie, I assume, you know who Rob Zombie is as a person. Yeah. uh, Sort of like, rock star i know like one song da, 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 da. Yeah, i don't know yeah he, he he was he was a rock star uh i forget what era i mean 90s mostly and then directed a lot of music videos uh and then it was actually this was the first movie that he decided he was going to direct 
So this came out in 2003. This is his directorial debut. He's since gone on. I've, I've lost count. I mean, I, I'm going to say around a dozen or so movies that he's directed. Uh, oh. st- still going. Like he just put out one in 2002. He did the remake of The Munsters. There was a film version of that last year, late mm-hmm. last year that he did. But yeah, he's around a dozen or so movies that he's made. And he's one that has a very definitive style. And I think that style is one that you either like or you hate. Um, and like, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person who tries to avoid bias and I, I don't really have preconceived judgments about anybody. And I, you know, I like what I like. I don't like what I don't like kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I don't usually jump on the bandwagons of this, but I've, I've yet to really hear too many strong arguments for why people hate Rob Zombie. It's just a thing that people hate Rob Zombie. Um, there are plenty of people who love Rob Zombie too. I'm not saying that everybody dislikes him, um, but you know, I've just never really had a good conversation with somebody who is able to coherently explain to me what the problem they have with him is. Although I've, I've picked up little bits and pieces here and there. So that said, I'm very interested to see your opinion on this movie because I think this will be a great example of if if you don't have that bias against him or if you don't know, you know, all of the reputation he has also, we're now, you know, 20 years removed from when he first came onto the scene. This movie's 20 years old now. Wow. This, is it still going to have that same kind of impact that it did back then? I don't know if it will be as polarizing. Maybe it's completely dismissive now, or maybe it's like, holy crap, the greatest thing you've ever seen. So <laughs> I, I don't know, but I'm I'm just very curious to see where you go with this one. Cool. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I really, I mean, I don't really know anything about celebrities. I even, people are always like, oh, did you see so-and-so? And I'm like, who's that? I, <laughs> I'd be, I have no idea. I, I think I know Rob, the name Rob Zombie. I think... I've heard this song Dracula and I know that some people think he's kind of gross, but I think that's, that's all I've heard about him. Have you seen any of his movies? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I, I don't know. I didn't really know he directed until I heard about this movie. He did. This, so I've got his IMDB open. He did this. Um, his next one was a movie called the devil's rejects. Uh, he did a remake of familiar. how Okay. He did a remake of Halloween and then a sequel to that in 2007 and 2009. Um, the Haunted World of El Superbisto, nope. Lord, Lords of Salem, nope. 31, nope. and the Munsters are the ones. Maybe there's something else I'm forgetting. Nope. Three, three from Hell is up here. I don't know if that's one of his movies or not, or if that's just a video. I've never seen it. Um, so none of those are familiar to you. The Devil's Rejects, that sounds familiar, but I don't know if I've watched it or not. Okay. That would be one that would potentially be interesting to to do on the show. I think that's a, one of his more well-regarded movies. So I, th- I think that could be 
at least a, a worthwhile watch. Um, there's there's some artistic license that he took that is a little pretentious at times, but um, not a terrible movie overall. Okay. Um, this one here, I think, is also more well-regarded than others in, in his lineup. So I, I think that's also why it's kind of interesting to get your your take. I, I think from people that I've talked to, they have almost like retroactively gone back and said they don't like this movie because of what he did later. And they have formed an opinion that they don't like Rob Zombie and therefore they don't like any of his stuff, even though I kind of feel like at the time that this came out, people didn't hate it as much as they did later. Hmm. Okay. If that makes any sense. But um, there are certain things in this movie that I think are pretty derivative of other films. I don't know that it's as original as he was maybe hoping, or maybe he was trying to homage or something or rip off. Who, who knows what he was doing? But there are certain things in here that I'd be curious to see also if you kind of catch the references or inspirations. Um, but. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. I, I um I just googled Devil's Rejects. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, it's hard to have too much of a conversation since you you don't really know anything about him or or the movie. So, yep. I'll, I'll kind of use that as a good breaking point, and we can just jump right into it. Make this episode maybe a little bit shorter. But uh, yeah, 2003 movie runs about an hour and a half. Uh, so. Pretty standard fare, but cool. let, unless you have anything else to throw in there, I'll go get some popcorn ready, and we'll be back in just a minute with fresh thoughts on House of a Thousand Corpses. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Are, are you going to be able to stop laughing long enough to record the rest of the episode, Brian? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Fuck. So what'd you think? That was the longest music video ever. <laughs> <laughs> whoever whoever had you watch whoever ha- had you make me watch this is a troll. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, uh, I guess, I guess, but seriously, I I did enjoy the set design. I thought the set design was cool. I liked, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of practical effects. Sure. I liked the practical effects. Um, I liked the first of the cuts between scenes. <laughs> but after, you, you know. You the, liked what? I think, so, like, this movie had all these random fucking cuts in it. Mm-hmm. I think I thought the first one was okay. <laughs> but, the 30th, 30th one was overdone. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I I don't remember the last time I saw this. It's it's been a very very long time for me. And to me, it like lived in my memory as one of those things where it was like, oh, I remember enjoying that, but I don't remember much about it other than it was like the white trash uh Texas chainsaw ripoff. But <laughs> but that's that's about as much as I really remembered about it. But it's like the more time passed, the more I thought back on it fondly and was like, oh, I I, I think I liked that movie, although I couldn't tell you why. And, okay. you know, now going back and rewatching it, I can say that the past Scott was an idiot. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OK, I would. That, that's what I was thinking. And then you said it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I. I think, you know, to be fair, I am, I know myself and I am an apologist. I'll find something redeeming about just about anything. And to me, there's redeeming value to this movie also. Yeah, um, that's true. Like you, I think the set design is very good. I think the just unsettling, creepy, fucked up factor is, you know, set to 11 in this movie yeah um but the problem is it doesn't make any sense like there's nothing to tie it all together you have about i would say 15 i'll give you 20 minutes if you really want to be generous uh 20 minutes of a good movie here um although i would also argue that the 20 minute movie that's baked into this is like i said a derivative of another phenomenal movie texas chainsaw yeah so really what they did was they took a a great movie condensed it to 20 minutes ripped it off and then filled the other hour and 10 minutes with sherry moon zombie being fucking annoying as hell um stylistic music video cuts and just weirdness for the sake of weirdness she took the name zombie like that's her legal last name huh yeah sherry moon zombie huh yeah i didn't know who she was before this but man she is irritating Oh, then you should not watch more (laughs) Rob Zombie movies. Oh, God. Because she's in all of them. And her her role becomes more and more prominent as they go to the point where, I mean, by the time he does his remake of Halloween, she's literally walking around in a white dress riding a horse like through dream sequences like it oh my god i don't know i'm not even sure i would watch what you just described really drunk (laughs) (laughs) maybe i don't know um yeah i don't know i mean if they could have toned it back like even 50 percent and just gone with the creepy house crazy ass family 
you took a wrong turn and now you're screwed kind of story. I think there's something here, Mm -hmm. but it's like Rob Zombie just didn't know how to pull himself back and just in every possible way, just pushed the bar and went one step too far. And Mm -hmm. to the point where these scenes start just not making sense, the characters are now so far beyond fucked up that they're not even they're not even believable anymore. Now they're just comical. Like yeah. I was shocked at the amount of times that I saw or that I heard you laughing in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it was usually when one of the fe- members of the family was talking or doing something or reacting or acting, you know, just something. It's just you you found that or my impression was you found them to be very very comical like horribly bad i guess it was humorously bad i i don't know i i have a pretty dark sense of humor i guess but yeah it the it went i think you the way you said it is right it went too far and it sort of it sort of broke broke it for me i guess mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like it, I think even if you would just, a big thing is, is if there just wasn't all those cuts, those weird cuts between where like a character is having like a soliloquy. Right. I think that's actually what they were. They were soliloquies. Um, it just sort of breaks the, the thread of the story. It makes it really hard to get into it, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, it's, even from the beginning, that's the way the movie presents itself. Like the movie starts with commercials or ads or something. There's one for, uh, I forget what the character calls himself. Um, uh, Dr. Wolfenstein, I think is like the TV. Okay. You know, midnight, midnight movie host or something like that. Kind of like a creep show feel. Something. And then there's the, um, Captain Spaulding's commercial, you know, that comes on next. So it's like before the movie even starts, like you're getting these little trailers and commercials for look at all these weird fucked up people. And it still just begs the question of why, like what, what does that have to do with anything? You know, Captain, Captain Spaulding's um, house of oddities becomes, you know, a set piece, but what's the, what's the rest of it for? It's, it's just to say, Hey, you know what would be weird? This. Let's do it. Okay, good. Good call. Like Rob Zombie, you're a genius. You know who's? I'm not going to say no. <laughs> and yeah. then it just kind of yeah. keeps going. The the four people you know end up at that house of oddities. Captain Spaulding is so beyond fucked up in there. It's like, and I say that knowing that like he's kind of the only redeeming character to me. Like I find him actually kind of fun. Um even though he's so beyond ridiculous that if any normal person walked into that gas station, they would immediately leave. Like nobody would say, Oh, look at that hall of murders. Let's go. It's like, uh, -uh. (laughs) (laughs) if some clown is offering you free chicken and a tour through the hall of murders, you get the hell out of there. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Pretty much. You don't ask for his history. No. I suppose. Yeah, I've been in a couple of shops like that. These like weird tourist attraction kind of places that have mm-hmm. 
like I've, I've, there was one down in Southern Illinois that we went to once and had lunch at, but it had um, similar things where there's like all of the the mummified like uh, like crocodile heads everywhere. Ooh, this cool. place had like giant like anaconda sized snakes stuffed and like hanging from the ceiling, Ooh. just weird weird shit and we were kind of there and like looking around it's like okay there's at least like 30 other patrons here so i'm fine eating lunch here but if it was just us i'd be the fuck out of there so quick like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think the big giveaway is he didn't immediately ask them for money i guess all those it's a little bit like Safer when all when you know they just want your money. But the guy gave them free chicken and invited them into his murder tunnel. So, yeah. That said, I I did like the Spalding character, the clown character. I thought was was pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. Pretty weird and creepy. I liked that he had his own uh, musical theme. Did you notice that? Whenever he was ang- whenever he was getting angry, they played like the same like weird music in the no, background. No. no, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed the music in this movie. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, it was intense and weird and like 90s metal, I guess. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I think without a lot of the weird cutscenes, it, it would have been a much better movie. Oh, for sure. Uh, <sighs> although at that point it would have been, like I said, a 20 minute short, but that's really all it needed. Yeah, yeah. I um, I really liked when she when she went into the tunnels at the end. I wasn't expecting that. And I thought that was super cool. Cool yeah. set. And as I recall, uh, one of the listeners can correct me on this. I I've, I've never seen a single Rob Zombie movie more than once, but I do feel like at least one of the others deals with the Doctor Satan story again. Okay. Um, don't remember how. I don't remember which movie or what the connection is, but I, I kind of feel like that character comes up later, uh, which is interesting, and I guess kind of has this multiverse feel to it. But I don't know. I, I still don't care enough, like because there's no backstory here. There's nothing about it that's interesting, other than. Like, I guess if if Rob Zombie hadn't spent the whole movie doing weird for the sake of weird, then when we got this big reveal at the end of, oh, this is Dr. Satan, and look, he's so fucked up, and his arms are, like, tethered to the ceiling, and he's doing experiments, how is he still alive? Like, all of that actually would have been pretty interesting Mm -hmm. if the movie had been normal up until that point. But yep. the fact that you just went so beyond messed up for the last hour and a half to see this, it's just like, okay, who cares? You know, <laughs> yeah. um, same thing with his like assistant, the guy in the weird gas mask thing and the uh, night vision goggles. I don't even know what that Look, thing was. I thought that was Dr. I wasn't sure which was Dr. Zayden. I thought. But I guess the guy over the operating table probably was. Right. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Um, but yeah, the other guys like chasing him, chasing With- the girl down the halls at one point takes his mask off and he's got this like fly like sock mouth. mouth that spits out 
vile. It's just like, what? Why? Like, but <laughs> again, if that was the first time we were seeing something weird, it'd be like, oh, this is fucked up. This is cool. But instead, yeah. it's just like, I'm done by now. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't care anymore. Yeah, I agree. I I really I thought that was a really cool scene, and I kind of enjoyed it. It was kind of creepy and horrific and creative. Like again, I liked the set design. I thought the set design was great. Um, but like they would just like with the cuts, they also would sort of repeat things like that. The uh, the assistant guy in his goggle vision. It was like, what what are you doing? Why do you? It's like way too much of the goggle vision. It just ruined it. Well, and that, I mean, that even started earlier too, when they were going through the murder tunnel, there were these weird, like split screen, you know, put it, it's like putting a mirror down the middle of the screen and having it be in symmetrical. And again, it's like, why? Like what's so special about this tunnel? It's just special effects, music video effects for the, for the hell of it is the only thing I can think of. And to me, now maybe there's people who see that and thought like, Oh, that's really cool. Or that becomes immersive adds to the atmosphere. I I don't know. I, but for me personally, all it did was reminds me that I'm watching a movie and yeah, it was distracting. In a, in a movie that you want, you know, horror is one of those genres where one of the most important things that you can do as a director and a filmmaker is, suck your audience in and make them forget that they're sitting on a couch watching a film. Yeah. Um, That's the only way they're going to be scared by what they see. So when you start doing this weird stuff where there's obvious, you know, double vision and, you know, symmetrical scenes um, or these odd cuts between scenes where it's like this, I don't even know that, that, that effect it's not, it's like a negative where um, like the all the, the colors are thing. like reversed. Yeah. yeah. Kind of when you start doing all of that, all that does every single time is it reminds me that I'm sitting in my living room watching a film and therefore yeah. why am I afraid of any of this? This is just, I'm going to use finger quotes here. Art. It's not a, a movie experience that I'm afraid of anymore. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally distracted me from what could have been, I I thought, kind of scary, right? Like, if the characters weren't so over the top, the set was great. The story was, I mean, you, I think you, you called it out before we even watched it. The story was kind of derivative of Texas Chainsaw. But, you know, so what? It's fine to take, like, a good creepy story and redo it a little bit differently, especially with, like, a weird underground tunnel part. Sure. And I, like, and I could have th- been good. And I think that that story or that element is classic and timeless. Um, Yes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the you know '70s version, is my favorite horror movie of all time. But that one, huh? It's a scary one. Um, Yeah, and I mean that. That said, I think that the idea behind that of creepy inbred family that is not necessarily out to kidnap people. Like they're not out there looking for people. It's you stumbled across them. That was your mistake. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that they're kind of just 
I mean, I don't know. I would almost make the argument like they're not necessarily evil because evil implies intent. I think in the case of something like TCM, it's evil via ignorance. Like they're just that detached from society to where to them, this is normal, but they're batshit crazy. And that's that story is timeless and can work in many, many, many different iterations. Mm -hmm. This could have been one of them because there are many scenes where that's starting to shine through. Um, You know, their, their tire gets blown out. Although in this case, there was that malicious intent of they, you know, the family did that. They shot the tire out. Yep. So then these four friends end up in the house. They're sitting around. And at first it seems weird but normal ish you know you see the house with there's all the dolls all over the wall and i think your comment was yeah this is when you don't go into the house <laughs> but yeah. you know here rain wilson can't help himself and he goes in anyway and you know sherry moon's flirting with him and it but it's not a sexual thing to him he's so creeped out that he's not even like playing along with it yeah um but at that point, it's still kind of like, okay, I don't know how bad this really could get. Um, I think they could have done better by not having the people shoot the tire out. Because right then, we know that this family is going to do something bad to them. Yep. Um, if they hadn't done that, if the tire had just blown out on its own, that would have drawn the suspense out longer. Yep. But then the mom comes in. She's super creepy and flirty and weird. Then we meet Tiny, then we meet Grandpa, and it's just like one thing after another, and it's just like this is just, you know, beyond fucked up, and I, I don't know. The, the, the subtlety was lost. Yeah, the, it, it didn't really have any tension in it, you know? There was right. not a lot of scenes where I was like, oh god, oh god, oh god, where, it, you know, when I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, the whole movie, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, you know? But for this movie, it was kind of like, oh, okay, I see another another strange idea. But uh, yeah, it with, wasn't scary. Maybe with the one exception of, I like the scene where uh, the one brother, I can't think of his name, um, RJ or something like that, comes back and says oh i fixed the car or the tires fixed because the whole thing was he was the one who blew out the tire and then <laughs> yeah, they, that was good you're right they they were kind of like oh no he'll he'll like get you a tow oh no he'll go fix your car for you he'll be back in a couple of hours as the audience you're watching that thing well of course he's never coming back like these people are just going to die here Nope. Then when he comes busting in, you're expecting him to say, sorry, can't fix it, or shop's closed, try again tomorrow. But no, he's just like, it's fine, you know, you can leave now. And for that moment, we're kind of like, oh, <laughs> they're yeah. going to get away. Like, okay, this is good. But, I mean, it lasts for 30 seconds before they are they have to open the gate, and here comes Bill Mosley and starts fucking them up again. But it's like even they they had that one little moment where the tension was there. And then (laughs) we're just like, nah, just kidding. Yeah, like I I have expected him to have taken all the tires off or something, something like that. But they got in and started driving. 
I mean, arguably they could have escaped, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they could have rammed the gate or yeah, I mean, maybe driven even, over Bill Mosley. If Dwight wasn't such a pussy, like, I don't know, maybe he could have fought back. <laughs> Picked up a rock. Yeah, I don't know. I, there was, was that- another scene I really liked um, when the girl wakes up in the bed with Tiny and Tiny sort of comes and sits by the bed and, like, starts, like, rubbing cereal into his lips. I thought that was super creepy. Mm-hmm. And then he let her go. That was sort of surprising. So Yeah, she's like, will you let me go? And he's just like, okay. <laughs> he unties her. Sure. And, yeah, that was a good fun. scene, I thought. Sa- same problem, though. Five seconds later, she's right back there. So it's like, it's this, like, fake um, sense of re- reprieve. Like, it's yeah. there's there, there's no actual chance. And this is kind of one of the arguments against uh, the whole torture porn uh, genre, which was, you know, a, a big thing that was around this time. It, it, maybe a little bit later than this is when it really kind of hit. But the early 2000s was when that was really big, too. Hmm. And the big criticism of all of those movies was the same idea that you've got this group of characters who end up in this really shitty situation and they're just going to get tortured and mutilated and abused for the entire movie. And they have no hope of escape. And Mm -hmm. compared to, you know, the slashers of the eighties or, you know, a lot of other, even, you know, super violent movies, those movies always had some, hope some glimmer of hope that the characters could escape from this and maybe one or two of them would but there was always that like oh they found a key or they found a way that to maybe get a little bit further away or something mm-hmm. but the, these torture porn movies was just kind of like no you're here like the end like there's no escape from this room we've gone out of our way to show that this place is impenetrable no police are coming the couple cops that you did see we killed them off too you have no chance of getting out. We've made sure of that. So audience just sit back and watch us torture these people for an hour and a half. And I'm sorry, I don't have any interest in that. Um, it's kind of boring. Yeah. Right. It's like, I don't need, I'm all for gore. I'm a, I love a good gory movie, but I don't need to just watch somebody get tortured for, you know, a runtime. If there's no, empathy or no way for me to get on board with oh maybe this character could get out maybe they could escape and i think this was another case of that where you really never felt like they had a chance Mm -hmm. Uh, those two scenes that we mentioned but they lasted 30 seconds before it was just like ah just kidding yeah yeah well i've I've seen it i've watched it now (laughs) (laughs) So, so is is it safe to say that it's not a matter of time? It's not that people twenty years after the fact like it more. Um, if anything, it sounds like maybe people twenty years after the fact like it less. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think we've we've trashed this movie. We've we've sort of, but we've also sort of tried to be nice to it too, right? Like there were there were definitely redeeming qualities about this movie, but I think no matter when 
someone were to watch this, they would probably have all the same kind of problems. Um, sorry, that's my dog. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think this is a movie that will age well or ever was super great. Again, I really liked the set design. I, I loved the tunnel scene. I liked the house. Super creepy. But it was just... Um, just never really got me, I guess. So knowing that this was Rob Zombie's directorial debut, and now that you've kind of seen that this is, you know, his baby, his this is Rob Zombie all over the place. Yeah. Would would this make you more or less inclined to seek out more of his stuff? <sighs> you know, I believe in second chances, so I would probably watch one of his like really late things like mo more recent ones because he's made a bunch of movies maybe he's gotten better i did like some of the visual effects so if he was able to figure i, I would say if someone said hey let's watch rob zombie's latest movie whatever it was i would probably go okay sure i'll give it a shot but um i probably would have low expectations okay if that makes sense well maybe that's a challenge we can put out to the listeners if there's a a particular Rob Zombie film that you think Brian should should check out and that is is worth looking at, you know, knowing that probably you're get he's getting one more <laughs> and then yeah. he's done. Um, of the rest of he, of his movies, what's what's the one to go with? What do you think would be worth his time? Uh, maybe none of it. Maybe maybe if this was not his thing, he's he's down for the count. But um, I guess that that's the challenge for the listeners. You got a couple of weeks to to think that over and come up with something. Should Brian should Brian keep going down the Rob Zombie train or not? Yep. All right. Well, um, I think this was interesting. Like I said, I, I hadn't seen it in a long time. I really didn't remember almost anything about it, and I'm kind of surprised that I went from being apologetic to even dismissive of a movie that's not typically I, I usually soften on films as as time goes on not become more critical so this is interesting path for me yeah i don't think i've ever seen you do that either actually i we were watching the movie and i was like did scott just yawn <laughs> like what the, it's like many, a torture many student. times like many torture times student, i hear i hear <sighs> Yeah, you didn't make that up. <laughs> so. All righty. Well, um, I think that's about all we have to say about Rob Zombie. If you have any comments or feedback, uh, you can check us out. We're on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. Find us at Fresh Brains Podcast. Uh, we have a Gmail account. You can email us at freshbrainspodcast at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts on Rob Zombie. Come to his defense. Tell us that we're right. Give Brian some other movies he needs to watch. Uh, what have you. And uh, yeah. Otherwise, I would say we can wrap up. We will be back in two weeks with a new episode. No idea what that'll be. Uh, Brian definitely won't know what that'll be. But uh, yeah. Can't wait to find out. <laughs> so until next time, I'm Scott. And I'm Brian. And just remember, if Sherry Moon Zombie invites you into her house, just get the fuck out.